Welcome, guys and gals, to the Man Talk Show. I'm Connor Beaton, the host and founder of Man Talks. On this mini episode, I'm going to dive into the one life motto to rule them all, the sort of Lord of the Rings life motto, if you will. And I came across this quite a few years ago uh, when I was working with my mentor. His name was Bernard, and uh, he was quite an incredible man. He had done some amazing things. He was a world-class opera singer. Uh, he had been an entrepreneur. He had won the lottery. Uh, he, in his childhood, not his childhood, sorry, in his, in his late teens uh, and, and early 20s and mid-20s, had actually studied with uh, Carl Jung. So he was a, pu- a pupil of Carl Jung, and that's where I got my training from was this man. I learned one of the greatest life lessons that I ever could from him, and I wanted to share it with you because it's so simple it's so simple that it seems kind of stupid, actually. And it's one of those things where if you literally just took this advice, and if, if you didn't listen to almost anything else that I have said in this podcast, and you said about the undertaking of trying to live this advice every single day, it would radically change your life. And I know this because it radically changed mine. And it radically changed mine because I I started to look for opportunities to live and embody this one singular principle. One day when we were having a conversation, um, right after my sort of life had broken down, this is probably about seven or eight years ago, I was living out in Victoria and uh, I had just gone through a pretty bad breakup, which was my fault, (laughs) admittedly. It was really really on my shoulders, my responsibility. Um, my career was starting to shift. I was considering leaving uh, singing, which was my entire identity. And I didn't really know, uh, I didn't really know what I was going to do with my life. I was completely, I was pretty much lost. And I had gone through this period of living out of the back of my car for almost three weeks. And then I went and stayed with some friends and um, a period of time had passed since my sort of like you know, darkest moment, but I, I was definitely in, in what some would refer to as the dark night of the soul, which is, which is really in this space where we can't seem to see much light within ourselves. And we can't seem to see the direction that we're taking our life. And everything seems to be chaotic and just somewhat horrible. And we, we can't really seem to feel the, the ceiling of up, you know, we can't really seem to feel the elation of joy or experience the connection to nature and, and be able to enjoy the the small things that we would normally really love doing simple things you know like watching your favorite tv show or going for a walk in one of your favorite parks and i was in this i'd been in this space for a few months when i went back to work with bernard and we really we actually spent a few hours just connecting and talking and I shared most most of what had gone on with him, and I talked to him about the relationship collapse and um, how you know my my I wasn't too sure about my career, and everything just seemed to be in complete disarray. And I couldn't tell which way was up or down. I I wasn't really able to identify what made me happy or sad. I was just in this sort of melancholy, kind of crappy place. And through the conversation, as as we were talking, he, in his wisdom, I used to call him my little white Yoda because he was just like, you know, five foot seven 
and he's white and he had, he had white hair and really like pale skin and these big like jowls. You know, he kind of looked like a St. Bernard in human form, but he was wise, 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 more than almost any human being I've ever met. And I remember we were sitting there and I had sort of spilled the beans about everything over the course of, you know, an hour or two. And we had talked about it. And then there was just this big silence and, and it was just quiet and he lived out in the middle of nowhere. And so when it got quiet, you know, you could, all you could hear was just the clock ticking, just tick, tock, tick. And outside of that, you couldn't, you couldn't actually hear anything. And he had this beautiful home and you could look out in the trees and see the ocean and the mountains. And it was just a really beautiful scene. So we're sitting in the living room, you can see this whole thing. And I, you know, I feel very, uh, in that moment, I felt very fragile and, and lost and disconnected from who I thought I was because I wasn't that person anymore. And I was, I was sort of unbecoming who I had used to be and becoming something that I didn't know I, I was, I didn't know I was capable of being. And in that silence, it felt like it dragged on forever. And then finally took a deep breath in kind of sighed. And he said, Connor, I just want you to remember one thing. And, and if you just remember this one thing in the times where you feel lost, you'll be able to find your path again. And, and I remember simultaneously being somewhat excited and very skeptical at the same time, <laughs> simultaneously. And he said, repair what is damaged and make what is already good better. And if you can repair what is damaged, you'll always be aiming your skills, your knowledge, your wisdom, your heart in the right direction. You'll be aiming your heart in the right direction because you'll be repairing the things that you know aren't working. And if you're not able to repair them because someone else doesn't want to enter into the space of repair or it's too far gone, then you'll know that it's somewhat not worth the effort or the energy or the stress or the anxiety that you might feel about it. And you can go about repairing the things that you actually can repair, which might be yourself, which might be uh, a different a different form, a, something that you hadn't seen before. For example, if your relationship falls apart and you're trying to fix it, you're trying to repair it, but it's not salvageable, or you're with a partner who will not enter into the space of repair with you, then you can shift your focus of repair onto yourself and you can shift the focus of your repair onto who you actually want to be to attract the right partner. And so too is it that when you shift your focus from making what's already good better, you start to make marked improvements in certain areas of your life. And not only on your inner life, you know, by doing daily acts of gratitude, uh, as I did, as I undertook in, in my life, you, you start to see things differently. You start to be able to look for and search for the things in your business, in your relationship, in your family, in your inner world, in your mindset, in your health, in, in your abundance, in your ability to make money. You start to see things that are actually working properly. You, st you start to see the things that are actually good. And that's something because some people are so lost that they can't seem to see what's already good. 
And when we can see what's already good in our lives, then we have a direction of what we can start to make better. So if your finances are good already, you you then have the capacity to start making them better and, and to start asking yourself the question of how do I make them better? And maybe they're not you know, phenomenal. Maybe you don't have a million dollars in the bank, but you know, maybe you have 10 grand saved or $50,000 or a hundred, or maybe you've just saved your first $5,000 in a savings account. And that's good. You know, that's a, that's a good place to start. And from that space, you can make that better. You actually know how to make that better. Whereas on the other side, if your finances are horrible, and you are $50,000 in debt, and you have no savings, well, then surely you know what needs to be repaired because that's damaged. It's not working properly. There's something amiss. And that the key to this, this, this statement, the, the whole essence of this, is that it provides a clarity of what's true in our life. It, it is a, a sort of a measuring stick of being able to look at things in our life and say, what's damaged that needs to repair? And what's already good that I can make better? And to ask this question daily and to be able to seek out an opportunity in every part of your life to either repair the things that are damaged or to make the things that are already good better truly is one of the most magnificent gifts that we can undertake because it's so simple, but it has a profound impact on our life. And my life today is so much different than it was seven, eight years ago, laying in the back seat of my 2007 Pontiac G5 two-door coupe with crappy, you know, pretend chrome rims, racing stripes, and a horrible, horrible fin on the back of it, on the trunk. It really was like, I don't know why I own that car, but my, my life looks so different. And this principle, I have ebbed and flowed to and away from. And the times in my life where I'm really connected to this principle have started to grow exponentially. And the times where I move away from it are inevitably the times where I get, I get lost in the, in the mental fog of, of what I should be doing and what I shouldn't and get lost in the ego and get lost in what other people think I should be doing or, or think I shouldn't be doing. And so this is the, for me, the, the number one motto that if you just test it out, test it out for yourself. Don't, don't even take my word for it. Like, assume that I'm wrong, actually. I want you to assume that I'm wrong. And I want you to go about taking this on as a challenge for yourself and your life. And I want you to assume that I'm wrong in such a way that you try and prove me wrong by living this motto each and every single day for 15 days or 30 days. And, in, and as often as you possibly can in those 30 days, you look for what needs to be, what's damaged that needs to be repaired. And you find the things that are already good and look for ways to make them incrementally better. And that could be as simple as walking to a coffee shop and seeing the barista smiling and saying, oh, this is a good situation and finding a very simple way to make it better. That's it. And to live in that way for 30 days, to try and prove me wrong that this isn't one of the most powerful ways of being, one of the most powerful mindsets that we can adopt for ourselves in our life. So I hope you take on the challenge. And if you do, I want you to message me. I want you to message me on social media at Mantalks or at Connor.Beaton. 
Uh, that's on Instagram, or you can hit me up on Facebook or whatever it is. But I really want you to take this on, and I want you to let me know that you're doing it, and I want you to I want you to communicate to me whether or not you think it's right, what you see as being true within the statement, and if it has impacted you, how it's changed your life, in, in even if it's just an incremental way. So that's my challenge for you for the next 30 days. I hope that you take it on. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Please man it forward. Share this podcast episode with just one person. Maybe you need some accountability. So share this with somebody that you want to be accountable with uh, and, and challenge them to take this on as well. And until next week, this is Connor Beaton signing off.